This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better in Jesus' name. Enjoy. In just three years, Jesus changed the world. He transformed the way we think about religion and created a space where everyone was welcome. In the first 90 days of 2024, we are going to look at those three years, following Jesus through his most significant events, conversations and encounters. So, as we journey towards Easter, let's create space to not only learn about the historical Jesus, but also meet the risen Jesus. Okay. So as I said, in our series, we're looking at the life of Jesus from the start of his ministry through to his sacrifice for the world, his sacrifice for us on the cross. Jesus brought a new covenant. He gave his life that we might have life and have it to the full. He brought a new command that we love one another as he, as Jesus, loves us. And he brought a new movement. The movement was first called Christians in Antioch. When Neil preached, we heard that Jesus claimed to be greater than the temple, a claim which made the temple obsolete. Last week, Martin told us that Jesus broke all conventions by having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. For some, Jesus was threatening. For others, he was intriguing and they wanted to know more. Jesus spoke with authority which the people saw nowhere else. They didn't see it in the leaders, in the Pharisees. This drew people to him, and he wielded extraordinary power, but never used it for himself. So we're going to turn, we're going to look at a guy called Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee, and he was desperate to have a conversation with Jesus. So we're going to look at that conversation today. So we're going to go to John chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, but no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Nicodemus was a member of the ruling body of Israel, a Pharisee and a member of the Sanhedrin. 
he had risen through the ranks and he'd become a significant man of influence. The Sanhedrin was between 20 and 70 men who sat on a council. It was a bit like Parliament, a Supreme Court, and I guess Church of England Synod all rolled into one. It represented the nation of Israel to Rome. <coughs> to Rome, who were the occupying power. So Nicodemus was someone with status, with power, and with authority. His fellow Pharisees felt threatened by Jesus. They were dismissive of his miracles and of who he claimed to be. And it's against this background that Nicodemus approaches Jesus. John tells us that he comes at night. That seems important to John. He mentions it a couple of times. It seems a little surreptitious, perhaps a little furtive. It could be that Nicodemus was unable to get close to the crowd during the day to hold a one-to-one -one conversation. There were too many people around. But to me, it seems more likely that this was done at night so that colleagues in the Sanhedrin would not be aware of it. He wants to find out more about Jesus, perhaps not wanting at this point to be identified with Jesus. I wonder if that strikes a chord with you. You want to know more. You want to know about this, this man called Jesus, but you're worried about what friends, family or colleagues might think. Well... Nicodemus summons up the courage and takes the plunge. Jesus will give us the courage and the encouragement if we are serious about seeking him. We can pray to him. He's available 24-7 or talk to someone. If you've got this feeling inside you, something's nudging you to talk about it. So Nicodemus meets with Jesus. He starts not by asking a question, but by making a statement, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. This is a remarkable admission from Nicodemus, a Pharisee, to recognize that Jesus is a teacher. He calls him Rabbi. He can see that he's come from God. There's something very special about Jesus. He knows that there is more. And underlying the statement to that question, that, to that statement, there is the question, who are you? Now, Nicodemus is still some way from grasping that Jesus is the Son of God, but he's curious and he wants to find out more. Jesus replies to Nicodemus' statement, but it wasn't quite the answer that Nicodemus was expecting. Jesus replied in verse 3, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus knows the question that hasn't been asked, but he doesn't answer it. And you can see in Nicodemus' mind, what? Nicodemus is searching for the truth. And he said, this isn't helping me. Jesus has told him that he needs to be born again. This encounter reminded me of um, Linda and our grandson. Our grandson's nine and he comes round to our house um, about once a week. And quite often he does his homework there and Linda goes into teacher mode and she sits with him. 
but she doesn't give him the answers. And when he stumbles and he comes across something that perhaps he can't do or he thinks he can't do, Linda might say to him, well, come on, think. Think, what have you been told? What has your teacher told you? What have you done previously in school? How have you solved this sort of issue previously? And he will think it through and eventually he gets there. But Linda doesn't tell him the answer because that isn't learning, is it? That's just repeating what someone's told you. He has to think it through for himself. And here Jesus is doing something similar. He knows what Jesus is, what Nicodemus is searching for. But Nicodemus needs to understand and own the answer. He needs to work it through himself. So Nicodemus is taken back by Jesus' reply. And he says in verse 4, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Nicodemus, of course, knows that this is not possible. He's a wise man. No one can be physically born again. And again, in verse, verse 5, Jesus answers... Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of spirit and of water. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Jesus is saying that physical birth got you into the kingdom of Israel. Something else is required to enter the kingdom of God. We have the privilege of having a number of asylum seekers attending our church. We have done for the last couple of years. And I think they've been a great joy and a great blessing to us. And um, we've, uh, we've run the Alpha course with them, which explains about the Christian faith. And in one of these courses, we had this discussion about being born again. And it's interesting because in Iran, you are born to a, a Muslim family. You are a Muslim. And we had a great discussion. They were really surprised to learn that no one, absolutely no one, is physically born a Christian. It is a decision that each of us, that everyone, must take and must make for themselves. And it's that way with Nicodemus. His theology was that if you're a child of Abraham, if you obeyed God's word, you were God's chosen. And what Jesus is saying questioned the very roots of Nicodemus's teaching and understanding. This is really shattering news for Nicodemus. It's something he hasn't heard before. But interesting thing is, he doesn't argue with Jesus. There is something about Jesus that authority that is vested in him. He doesn't argue. He still wants to know, because the question hasn't been answered, who is Jesus? And then Jesus goes on in verse 8. He says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. God cannot be confined by the temple. Neil told us 
that the Temple of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. Something that could not have been envisaged or even considered as Nicodemus is having this conversation with Jesus. The nation Israel is part of God's plan. It's a means to God's end plan. In his plan, his kingdom will include people from every tribe and every nation. His invitation extends to everyone, not just Israel. In verse 9, Nicodemus asks, how can this be? This is a revelation. You get the feeling that Nicodemus is almost incredulous. It turns everything that he's learned on its head. Nicodemus is genuinely searching for the truth, but he really does not understand. And perhaps a little bit of wry humour creeps in uh, to Jesus' conversation, as he says in John, in verse 10. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. And then he goes on in verse 14 to say... Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Jesus goes back to a story that would have been really familiar to Nicodemus. We read that um, venomous snakes came among the Israelites. They had moaned against God. And God had sent the snakes and they were being bitten and they were dying because of that. The people came to Moses and pleaded for him to pray to God to take away the snakes. Moses prayed for the people and God said, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So a bronze snake was crafted and put on a pole. Anyone who's bitten can look at it and live. <clears throat> the snake did not have any intrinsic healing power. It was the simple act of looking at the bronze snake which acknowledged repentance of sin and asked for forgiveness. Verse 14, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. But this was turning Nicodemus' understanding of the Messiah on its head. A man lifted up onto a cross was cursed, was sentenced to death. Nothing in Nicodemus's understanding allowed or even considered this, that a Messiah, the Messiah, should be crucified, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Not just the Jews, not just Israel, but Nicodemus, Nicodemus would have been thinking, wasn't life found through keeping the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible? No, everyone who believes in Jesus, may have eternal life. This is something that would have stunned Nicodemus. And the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus ends on that note. Nicodemus has a lot to think about. His theological world has been turned upside down. Does he really get it? 
Is he any wiser? Has he put the pieces together and recognised that he, speak, he has spoken to the Messiah? On another occasion, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, Luke records this. Jesus says, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. And perhaps at this point, Nicodemus doesn't fully understand what Jesus is saying. But John doesn't want us to miss the point. John wants us to understand exactly what Jesus is saying. So we come to one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, I suspect, and that God has inspired John to write at this point. And so that we then have John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John knows how the story ends. John was there. He was one of the disciples. God inspired John to write these words for our benefit so we would understand what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. John was one of three disciples who were the closest to Jesus, Peter, James, and John. He knew Jesus very well. Indeed, when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus said to his mother, woman, here is your son pointing to John, and to John, he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. So John saw Jesus on the cross. He was in the room when Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. He gives an eyewitness account. So John knows how the story pans out, and he shares that with us in his own words. He is documenting his own experience. What Jesus was saying to Nicodemus would be clear once Jesus had been crucified and risen from the grave. John wants us to be clear, so he added this narrative for us. John felt it just far too important to be left unclear. God loved us and God gave his son for us. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save him, to save the world through him. I was 19 when I was born again, born spiritually, born for a second time. It was on 29th of November, 1970. And here I have the Bible that I was given at that time. It's a personal worker's testament. And in front it says it's presented to me on the occasion of my baptism probably i had my second birth i was born spiritually probably a couple of months before this um but it was on the 29th of november 1970 that i publicly celebrated the fact that i had given my life to jesus that i was indeed born again in the spirit. And the verse that the pastor, it was the pastor, P.J. Smith, put in there, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that goes back to something that Jesus said and that Neil spoke on, was that the temple would go, as it did in AD 70. 
and that our bodies become a temple to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit resides in each believer. He resides in me. Amazing that God who is perfect, God who made the solar system, made everything, that he should send his spirit to dwell in me. Just like Nicodemus, I had to ask the question, who is Jesus? And over a period of time, I came to recognize that he is the Messiah. Except, and I accepted Jesus as my saviour. I recognized that I had sinned. And that to know God, my heavenly father, someone had to pay a price. So just as Jesus was pointing Nicodemus to that snake, and saying, people who look at this, they will not die if they've been bitten by the snake. He was saying, the son of God will be put on will be put on a tree, will be put on a cross, and all who look at him will be saved. They will have hope. I recognise the only person who could take my sin away was Jesus. He who was without sin took my sin on his shoulders at the cross. I invited the Holy Spirit to come into my life. That happened, as you will have worked out, just over 53 years ago. And I'm sure that most of you, all of you know, that life is full of ups and downs. But it's great to know that Jesus is with you. I can honestly say that Jesus has never left me, let me down in all that time. Things don't always turn out as we expect or as I expected. But as God said through, through Isaiah, my ways are not your ways. So we still come back to the question, I think, following the conversation with Jesus. Did Nicodemus get it? Did he see who Jesus was? Well, we read later that Nicodemus is in the Sanhedrin when they are discussing Jesus. The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, see Jesus as a problem. Nicodemus supports Jesus, but is slapped down pretty quickly. Nicodemus who had gone to Jesus earlier, who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? So he said that in the discussion. And they replied, are you from Galilee too? Look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Nicodemus was willing to stand up for Jesus, even though there was a cost. And we read that Joseph of Arimathea was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. And Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. After Jesus was taken down from the cross, Jesus is there with Joseph of Arimathea, preparing Jesus to be laid in the tomb. Actions speak louder than words. Nicodemus did get it, and he was willing to put his reputation on the line to help Joseph of Arimathea prepare Jesus' body to be placed in the tomb. So yes, Nicodemus did understand who Jesus was, and he risked his reputation. I'm sure that he still had questions. 
But he knew enough. He had the faith to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Maybe that's you and you still have questions, but you know in your heart who Jesus is and you want that relationship with us. God loves us. God gave his son for us. We believe, we accept Jesus Christ as our saviour and we receive that forgiveness and hope. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Some questions will follow for you to think about. Some questions. Nicodemus had questions. He was courageous enough to raise them with Jesus. Do you have questions? Who will you discuss them with? Nicodemus had some preconceived ideas about Jesus, but he was willing to hear what Jesus had to say. Are you opening to listen to who Jesus really is, which may be different to what you understand at the moment? Nicodemus was willing to follow Jesus, even though it could cost him his reputation. Are you willing to take risks as a disciple of Jesus? It's cool, isn't it? Um, it's just kind of, there's so much to think about, so much to you know kind of unpack you know for each, for each person kind of you know what are those bigger bigger questions um mean for us so th thanks to Ian uh for, for for that message um yeah. so Phil should we uh let's discuss yeah. something around this so um do you want to pose the first question or well yeah there was um one of the questions Ian asked was Nicodemus had questions mm. He was courageous enough to raise them with Jesus. Do you have questions and who will you discuss them with? I think that's always an interesting one. And yeah. not just for people who are inquiring about following Jesus, but actually yeah. people who, who've who been with Jesus for a long time. Mm. I don't know. Do you have any questions? I mean, if God was in the room today, would you? Because some questions are a bit uncomfortable and you, you feel like, oh, I can't ask that. But, yeah. Yes, yeah, I suppose it's quite a... Honestly, I feel quite like content about some of the you know the big questions that people tend to ask. You know, kind of mm. you know sort of issues around kind of you know suffering and things like that, because mm. that's always you know a really contentious kind of yeah. you know question that yeah. you kind of like. If Jesus was you know sat next to you, kind of chatting to you, what what would you you know what would you what talk would you to him about? Why you know kind of the sort of a lot of the why questions. You know, do you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think. I'm, not, I'm quite content with sort of like my understandings of of, of that kind of thing, but yeah. um, I yeah. don't know. What, what do you what do you reckon? What's I don't know. I mean, when I come across regularly, cause, uh, yeah. I'm a chaplain in a hospital, so yeah. I had it this week twice, and okay. uh, both times someone in a hospital bed said, "I must have done something for this to happen," or "What oh, have right. I done for this?" Right. You right, know, right, right. and it all comes down. To, you see God, doesn't it? He's got yeah. this sort of guy who keeps a little tally sheet. 
But it's a good question, and sometimes we feel awkward asking it because we think, well, uh, you know, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of re any relationship, isn't it? Sometimes you think, if I ask this question, am I going to, you know, is someone going to be cross with me? <laughs> and yeah. I don't think that's how God works. I think because the weird thing is, I think God knows what your questions are anyway, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you can hide them. Is that, oh, no, I'm really no. thinking this about you, God, but um, and I don't like this about what's happening, and, uh, but I can't mention it because, but actually, he already knows. Well, yeah, exactly. That's 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 the thing. It kind of like you may as well ask it anyway because yes. you know God will reveal it kind of to to you if if you ask it. You know, and just yeah. you know, it's not it's not just like you know, just God is completely oblivious to your question. Kind of you know, yeah. God gets it and understands it because obviously you know. Jesus was fully human, you know. Yes. So, full, you know, it's he experienced it, he gets it, he understands it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of those really big questions are, are, like you said, it almost feels wrong to kind of try and ask them in the first place. But it's totally, yeah. it's totally cool to ask them, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think the weird thing about faith is when I was when I came to faith, you know. Ian was talking about when he came to faith, when yeah. he was born again. I, I think I was about 14, 15, when mm. I, I consciously said, right, I'm going to follow Jesus. Um, and um, at that point, everything was a lot very black and white. You know, it was in, it was out, it mm. was right, it was wrong. It was because when you're in your 20s, let's be honest, that's how you operate. And I did. Everything's, you know, that's why 20 year olds of quite love a good political rally because they are. Yeah, you're quite. You're yeah, the, the absolutes are certain. The you're into a cause. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I was, yeah, and I think when you're younger, everything is a lot more black and white and simple. Yeah. And weirdly, what happens is the older you get, I think I got more questions now and more things that I, I'm a little cautious about saying yes or no to mm. than I used to be. And I'm quite. There's a there's a thing called stages of faith where mm. where it, it tracks how you mature in your faith and weirdly this is odd a lot of people think that can't be right but a more a more mature faith is one that is comfortable not knowing everything and admitting it doesn't know everything um rather than the faith that you inherit from your mum and dad or whatever you just you yeah. know, internalize it don't you? and then you yeah. you take on their faith. but as you grow you become more comfortable with not knowing it and i think that's where i've yeah. got to I think I think it also you kind of like you you kind of you start you start to learn and realize that there's so much that you don't know. Yeah, but you're you tend to kind of like go deeper into those kind of questions, don't you? And mm. sort of even even if you're aware that perhaps you're never going to fully like yeah. get that answer, yeah. but there's so much more to it than that yeah. you can just like learn and discuss and yeah. try and you know figure out for yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And often it's in in the conversations that you have with people that you start to fill in those blanks yeah. isn't it yeah 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 i think so and that's uh, and jesus almost does this doesn't he because ian was alluding to it that, mm. that jesus doesn't answer the question and how many times did that happen i reckon if you were a disciple of jesus and you are the number of times they asked him a question and he comes back with something and they go what <laughs> and that happened that yeah. happened all the time yeah yeah i mean you can yeah. imagine peter and you know all these guys going oh Jesus, will you just give us a straight answer? You, you give us a yes or a no or a no. I'm going to give you a story. Yeah, the parables. parables. Yeah, what? And yeah. they didn't get those either, did they? They were going, "What? Hey, sorry." And I, I you quite love that. That 
Yeah. yeah. But you when, got, you, you when you're think... younger, it's really frustrating. <laughs> Absolutely. But you got to think, like, perhaps the disciples kind of reflected on what, you know, what Jesus was saying to them. And they're like, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that makes... <laughs> yeah. And he sort of left them to wrestle with it. Yeah. Not just this permanent cloud of confusion around them. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want them just to just to accept no. what he said. He yeah. wanted to wrestle with it yeah, and to, totally. to get to a yeah. point where they'd done the work on it themselves and the, and they thought about it and come to yeah. Because the trouble is, you inherit stuff from everybody else, what they believe and what they think. Yeah, a lot of people walk away from faith because it's not theirs. It's not. Yeah, theirs. that's very true. You, I, and I think it's you always have to question. You always have to question. You can't just, you know, leave it, you know, mm. as is. You know, kind of. There's, there's always something more to learn, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. And that humility of saying, you know, what I don't get it. Yeah, Bob probably is all right with that. He's probably okay that nobody yeah. wants me to rest. My one of my favourite stories is Jacob on the on the river Jabbok where he's, his life has turned upside down. He's mm. just about to lose everything. His brother Esau is coming the other way, wanting a bit of revenge, yeah. or he thinks he does. Yeah. And and at that moment, he questions his whole life, whether he's going to follow God or whether he's just going to do his own thing and be a bit of a dull boy and wheeler dealer his way out of everything. <laughs> and at that point is this story about him wrestling with God. And I think that's, that's our story is... He wants us to wrestle. That's the yeah. point. He wants yeah. you to wrestle with it, not to be polite and just say, oh, yes, thank you very much, but to wrestle with God. And and I think that's a healthy thing to do. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's it's definitely the healthy way of doing it, isn't it? To kind of, yes. you know, to sort of, you know, to hear, you know, the stories and, you know, things like that. And then to then to really get to grips with it yourself, you yeah. know, because. Ask the awkward questions. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be worried about it. So, yeah. Yeah, there are there are no stupid questions. Always always remember that there are no stupid questions. There might be stupid answers, but there are no stupid questions. <laughs> We've got a lot of those. We got a well, lot of probably. stupid answers. Undoubtedly. <laughs> undoubtedly. But yeah. yeah. We haven't got it all figured out, by the way. You know. No. And that sense of humility. God is God and I'm not. Definitely. I'm not gonna get it all. Because if I could, I'd be God. And I'm not. So there's always yeah. going to be gaps. There's always going to be stuff I yeah. don't get. Yeah. And it's getting comfortable with that, which is quite a journey, actually. I yeah. Think. It's quite a journey. Because you, you can always you can always strive to know more. And I think I think that's the key. Yeah. That's the key thing. Always be open to yeah. to learning something else. Don't think, oh, I've got this sussed. I don't need to know anymore. Yeah. Keep wrestling. Yeah. Keep definitely. Wrestling. Yeah. That's definitely it's a good place to be. It is. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good stuff. Um, should we look at the? Should we look at another question? Just so, because obviously I think we've got a bit of time. So mm, yeah, we can do. Yeah, we've got the other one that they mentioned, which is Nicodemus was yeah. willing to follow Jesus, yeah. even though it could cost him his reputation. And I think in our culture, in our mm. world, that's that's a big issue, isn't it, for us? Because unlike other parts of the world, where and and Ian mentioned it, where mm. you're born in Arabia or israel and you're assumed to be therefore jewish or muslim yeah. or whatever whereas, you don't have a choice whereas in the no west choice. there is that sense of personal choice which is a very different thing which jesus was alluding to wasn't absolutely yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's standing out from the crowd yeah absolutely i think you know just as you know kind of 
having you know, any, any faith position is now becoming more and more an outlier in society you know kind of it's 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 even more you know people don't assume that that you have any faith at all you know now kind yeah. of you know just yeah. that's that that's that's the default kind of we we've, we've got to that people don't yeah. don't know anything about faith and don't you know kind of yeah. it's that's that's almost the starting point now yeah that's, um, right. that's right and i think yeah and there's also a lot of misinformation isn't it like you were saying yeah. at the beginning these labels that yeah traditionally we've used like oh i'm a born again christian or i'm an evangelical christian these tags and labels yeah. that, that have been used in the media often to describe behavior that we wouldn't necessarily condone or uh, that we don't identify with yeah so i think that's part of the problem isn't it that folks out there get their image of certain groups within our faith mm. totally and then we're worried because you think oh i don't want to be labeled as that yeah totally i think because uh, what's that old tag like judge christianity by christ alone and nothing else mm. you know and so it's i think it, yeah so. i think i see i think so often kind of you know we, we get tagged with like the the extremist kind of end of whichever yeah. whatever is the extreme end everyone gets labeled as that and i think i think that's yeah. something we really need to you know speak out against because you yeah. know just there's there's so much that you know gets done um you know kind of by people claiming to claim to be christians but you know yeah. just it's it's absolutely not representative of of christ himself it's just yeah yeah, yeah it's all so when people ask you if you're a christian how yeah. do you how do you respond do you put a little caveat in there? um i do sometimes yeah sometimes i i have said to somebody in the past i'm um yeah i'm a christian but i'm not like the ones you see on the news <laughs> i did actually say that I, oh, yeah yeah because it was just like because I, I can't remember what it was. There'd been something recently um, that was, you know, just just not just not Jesus at all. Yeah. And like, there's always you know, kind of people that said they were Christians, but no, no, that's nothing we want to identify. No, with absolutely Christians. not. So yeah, I <laughs> I have had to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's um, I'm sure you've had to do the same or very similar. Yeah, well, because uh, partly because of my job, so mm. I'm, I'm a chaplain in a hospital, so I rock up and everybody everybody says to me oh i'm not religious and i always say neither am i yeah that's what that's my <laughs> okay right i say yeah. that's good neither <laughs> am i because you know this idea of what these assumptions about what religion is mm. and what you're you know religion totally. is about man trying to be good enough for god but yeah. real faith is god loving us unconditionally yeah. in a relationship with him it's the other way around so so it's not about performances no it's, totally not it's, it's about grace and yeah because it was never going to they always think it's a mm. bunch of rights and practices that you do in order to be good yeah. enough for god and and that's why i dumped the word religion because it it, it just communicates yeah. people, people don't get it they don't understand <laughs> it or the, or the thing yeah. they think they know what it is but then again it's one of those labels that we just need to try yeah. and you know get away from and yeah. kind of you know just and yeah, i think absolutely. you hit on it my my default is actually you go back to jesus because he's that he's people may not like church or religion yeah. and people are very suspicious of organized religion today yeah and i don't blame them for that no because organized totally. religion has made some big mistakes um yeah but people still like jesus i've found they absolutely really, i yeah. think people really hold him up as as an incredible man yeah whatever they may believe about it so i always end up going back you know what i'm a follower of jesus that's because mm. that's the call wasn't it if 
follow me. So that's that's yeah. what I am. I'm a yeah. follower of Jesus. That's why this emphasis in the church today of discipleship. Yeah. Don't forget, folks. When is it? Second of March. Yeah. Discipleship is so important because that's all about just that. You're following Jesus. Yeah. You want to be like him and you want to do what he does. That's what a follower does. Be like their master, their mentor, yeah. their leader. You want to be like them and you want to do what they do. Learn how to do it. It's like an apprenticeship, isn't it? And that's more Pretty much. Yeah, my yeah. view of faith than, than this sort of yeah weird stuff that we've created to try and define it. Yeah, but yeah, that's what Jesus called for. He always said, "Just follow me." Follow yeah, me. You follow me. You don't know where you're going, and you're not going to know what it looks like. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, don't don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, we, we've tried to yeah overcomplicate and justify so many different things as as trying to do that, and it's just like yeah, we don't need any of it. You know, <laughs> just just yeah, just just follow Jesus. Just do just do those things. Yeah, yeah, and that is the most challenging thing you'll ever have to do. Yeah. following jesus yeah trying to be like him trying to talk yeah. like him and think like him and see yeah. the world like he does and also to do the things he did you know to love like you know that's what he's called wasn't it yeah, yeah. i want you to love as i have loved you yeah i want you to be like me and do treat people the way i've treated you and that's one of the biggest challenges you'll ever face in life absolutely yeah jesus always went into any situation <clears throat> you know he was you know sort out you know the people that society absolutely didn't want him to associate with mm. and you know kind of outraged you know the, the pharisees and that kind of thing he was just you know he always went and found the people that you know just he was gonna upset yeah the the establishment yeah didn't he? you know it doesn't matter radical. who it was radical yeah. love was he just wanted to include everybody and to yeah. and to and to love them and to show them that kind of this is this is what the kingdom of god looks like yeah yeah nobody's left out totally you're all invited yeah it's an amazing hope. yeah and then, yeah. don't forget that bit kind of yeah it, it, it's for everybody it doesn't exclude anybody yeah so yeah 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 yeah, yeah no and it, it's a <laughs> challenge to live like that to love people like jesus loves me he's one of the biggest challenges of my life yeah because i'm a bit grumpy sometimes believe it or not well i think i think we can all have our moments i think we can all have our <laughs> moments maybe, maybe more than one or two yeah, you know, yeah. which is which is okay yeah. but these, these things happen we're not perfect, so Absolutely. you know. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Definitely, no, cool. That was that was cool. That, that was good chat. Yeah, good chat, Phil. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus. Hopefully, a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at hawleybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Hawley Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Hawley Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Hawley Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.